too quick to dismiss and assume yeah. that that the generation who came before them were superstitious or, or held practices that weren't rooted in any sort of wise understanding of the world around them. So. Welcome to this episode of The Weekly. This is Trevor Hoffman here with Jim Slice, Jimmy hello. the Younger. Um, hello, thank you hello. for listening. Jim, thank you for hopping on board with us. Yeah, my board. pleasure. Um, so, so today, Jim, we're going to be talking about the topic of tradition yeah. and the usefulness of tradition. So in keeping with the spirit of the conversation and in keeping with the holiday season, what is your go-to Christmas tradition? My go-to Christmas tradition? Well... This has really developed since Kayla and I got married, but the day after Thanksgiving, we go to a tree farm and pick out a tree and bring it home and set it up and begin to trim it. So that's kind of one big Christmas tradition. Another one is we try to go to Dillard House every December. I don't know if you know Dillard House. What is Dillard House? Oh, oh, what is Dillard House? Dillard House is the best breakfast buffet this side of heaven and i tell you the story i'm not exaggerating i'm a little embarrassed one time we went there for breakfast and i actually teared up because it was so beautiful out the window and the trees were so beautifully decorated and the food was so beautifully tasteful um, that it it made me a little bit misty-eyed and um, i tell that story i get a little embarrassed but um, I guess not that embarrassed because I just shared it with all of our listeners. <laughs> That's a great story, man. That's a great story. Uh, is Lula old enough yet to... Has she kind of picked up on... I, I guess not. She. This is her what? She's two years old, so um, I, I feel like this This will be This will be a significant Christmas for her. I'm, I'm not sure she remembers everything that happened last Christmas. She might not remember everything that happens this Christmas, but um, but we keep doing them and keep doing the things, and she'll pick up on it over time. And uh, I think that more and more she's kind of understanding what's going on around her. So yeah, great. Yeah, so today we, we wanted to talk about the usefulness of tradition. Now this um, this particular episode was prompted by a few things. So a, a couple of weeks back. I had Jim Thompson, the uh, one of the teaching pastors from Fellowship Greenville on, and he, he referenced kind of in passing uh, that routine and liturgy was really useful so so far as it pointed towards God. And I thought that was a really helpful comment and, and something that I wanted to come back to and spend an episode on. Uh, also, um, the sermon after Thanksgiving, I, I taught on Proverbs 30, verses 7 through 9, and, and I kind of jokingly made reference to the fact that as I get older, there's a lot of things that I, I discovered that I used to judge my parents and grandparents for, mm-hmm. they're actually kind of awesome qualities, like yeah. writing thank you notes and always sending out cards on every holiday, those sorts of things that are, yeah. they're, they're not just, um, I think I made the comment, not just cute you know, vestiges of a bygone era, but, but representative of kind of a sturdy character yeah. you know, up beneath those things. Um, and then the last thing is just the holidays. Like with the holidays, traditions are omnipresent. Whether it's as simple as going to eat at the same place during the holiday season for breakfast or uh, going to the same tree farm, which is what my family does to mm-hmm. get a tree, you know, watching Die Hard or whatever <laughs> your, your go-to Christmas movie is. All the, all Die the way, Hard is not a Christmas movie. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. That's another episode. We'll okay. have to dialogue yeah. around that. Um, 
or or as kind of macro insignificant as um, like celebrating Advent um, mm-hmm. with the church as the church has done across history. So um, all of those things kind of led into doing an episode on the usefulness of tradition. So I would ask first, Jim, how would you define tradition in a broad sense? I thought about that a little bit and I started to look up the answer in a dictionary, but decided just to kind of try my own um, definition. Uh, I think of a tradition as uh, any practice or observance uh, repeated on a recurring basis, and the point being to remember important cultural landmarks and to refresh and transmit values and morals, both for ourselves and then across generations. So things that, that we want taught, um, that we need to continually reteach ourselves, but then also want to teach those things to our children and our grandchildren and so on. Interesting. So I like the angle of... Um, the emphasis you make there on tradition as virtue formation. Mm-hmm. That tradition tradition is a, a crucial aspect of growing in character and in, and in teaching children and, the, you know, our children and our, you know, nephews and nieces and the children, other children within our church, teaching them character through tradition. That's good. Uh, w- would you say that there's any unique Christian spin we could put on tradition as a category? Sure. I think that the sum total of the, the teaching of the, the Bible, of the Word of God, is not something that you know is, is easily taught to someone at a young age, but uh, we've worked you know, hard to summarize those teachings and to make those teachings um, understandable and recognizable and repeatable to, uh, to young learners. That's one way, and, and, and so the traditional songs that we sing um, contain um, good teaching content. Um, the traditional lessons that we tend to teach in children's Sunday school are, are going to um, come up again and again and be imparting to those young learners some understanding of, of what's in the Bible. Um, we also have a traditional uh, just remembrances of um, just the various events of the Bible. Uh, in the Old Testament, they had the prescribed feasts, and um, now in the church age, you know, there are some who observe a liturgical calendar to remember important events of the New Testament. We're actually going to attempt that um, in this, starting this December. There, uh, the Village Church actually puts out a, a pretty good um, liturgical calendar devotional. Uh, for families that we're planning on using. So, so yeah, tradition is, is all over the place within the Christian tradition. Yeah, um, even, even the word Trinity is kind mm-hmm. of a, 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 um, an example of the role that tradition plays within Christianity. As, as we know, you know, Trinity is not a biblical word in that it's not found in the pages of the New Testament or mm-hmm. Old Testament, but it is a biblical concept, and the church has traditionally referred to God as a triune God. Um, and so there's a there's a helpfulness uh, and usefulness uh, there in that it's you know the church has kind of done the hard work for us so that mm-hmm. we don't have to reinvent mm-hmm. the wheel yeah so to speak um, yeah so what would you say is our general um, cultural disposition towards tradition I would say as a culture uh, 
particularly a, a youth-oriented culture, there is a distrust of tradition in most places. You know, that's that's not going to be at all times. And you know, there are some individuals who may finally have a different experience. But I think a lot of traditions are either done away with or maybe mocked. Um, you know, maybe not. Um, in a really mean way, but you know, just sort of in a kind of laughing, winking sort of way. Um, so that that seems to to be the general cultural regard towards tradition. I know that I've been guilty of that at, at times in my life, and again, even within the church, you know, have seen some people take the position or have the attitude that tradition is a hindrance to contemporaries hearing the gospel and believing the gospel and will try to downplay or um, or maybe do away with tradition um, for that reason um, ostensibly for that reason um, there might be other motivations and I guess we'll talk about that yeah um, yeah we'll get to that in a second we, we do want to talk about what are some good reasons for rejecting tradition and then what are some bad reasons for rejecting tradition but before before we get there why do you think i mean you kind of alluded to it in, in making reference to our youth obsessed and, and i guess kind of novelty obsessed culture but why do you think we are generally um uh, impatient with tradition or just generally see it as a killjoy uh, it's difficult to say I, I don't think we always understand the reason behind it when we're introduced to the, the tradition at a young age, we may not know what it represents or have sort of the emotional maturity or capacity to uh, appreciate what it's calling us back to, what it's symbolizing. Mm. So it seems like uh, kind of an empty ritual. And if the adults who are teaching us that tradition maybe have lost sight of the meaning, then we can see them, you know, practicing it in, in sort of a rote way that uh, is not very appealing and doesn't really touch us or, or bring us into understanding. So, yeah, I would say emotional immaturity. Um, sometimes the tradition's not practiced in a, in a way that, you know, shows the apparent delight or love or joy in the hearts of its practicers or yeah I, th I think that kind of sums it up yeah in thinking on this question I was thinking about uh, Tim Keller he's got this really great book on preaching and one of the things one of the most helpful bits of his book is when he he says that there's these five cultural narratives that in, in your preaching you should you should be kind of aiming towards at any given moment and he talks about this one he calls it's it's something like the individual narrative or something like that and it, basically what he argues is that societally today our identities are not our, our identities are not um they don't come from outside of us so in, in previous eras our identity came from our role in society so the family mm -hmm. that we came from or the position in society that we filled whereas today our identity is based off of our our own individual dreams and desires, so our self worth and dignity. Uh, and, and, and other eras would have would have come from outside of us, but today they come from our heroic journey and discovering ourselves and, and bucking society's expectations. And, and Keller, you know, frequently talks about the only hero st story that we have left is 
you know, Moana who's refusing right. to be pigeonholed and must set sail mm-hmm. against the traditions and expectations of her people. Mm-hmm. Although that's kind of an interesting yeah, I, example. Yeah, she, you, you could talk about there, they maybe strike a little bit of a balance in there yeah. of sort of leaving and coming home. But anyways, yeah. Because she's rediscovering who her people truly were from. Yeah, ne- next podcast, next podcast. We can, we can talk about the parallels between Moana and the Protestant Reformation. <laughs> <laughs> next podcast. Okay, excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that that's an excellent point. It, it, it seems like popular media has gone a long way towards shaping our view towards tradition that um, most of popular media is going to have uh, that that kind of story at its center of of the young rebel who loves their parents but also is frustrated you know being bound by that um, bound by that culture bound by that story and it needs to break free and, and kind of go out and make their own way in the world so for whatever reason, that story has become popular, and it's been repackaged and told to us again and again and again. So, Jim, what what are some good reasons for rejecting tradition, and what are some bad reasons for rejecting tradition? Because we're, we're not saying that tradition is always good, and there are good reasons for rejecting it at times. What would be some examples of that? Oh, examples? Well, uh, there are some traditions. There are first off as followers of christ we are called to follow follow jesus and um, obey him in all things and um, there are some traditions that are religious traditions and worship of um, a false god or worship you know an attempt of a worship of of the true god in a, a false way and you know recognizing that um, even though those are handed down from previous generations, um, the call to follow Christ may be a call to turn away from that religious tradition. Um, there, I had a hard time thinking of a, a good example of a, um, a secular tradition, um, but um, well, maybe I mean in, in in some places it's it's just considered impolite to talk about religion or. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I know I had a sociology teacher who had come down here from the north and she said, you know, it was kind of a surprise for people to regularly ask her, where do you go to church? And, you know, where she was from in the north, that just wasn't done. You don't, you don't talk about religion. Um, so that might be one instance where you want to push back against the um, the regular practice that's been handed down to you and say, I'm going to look for winsome ways to talk about the faith. And even if it's something that kind of sets off a cultural alarm bell, you know, with people that, that don't normally have those conversations. So, so you're saying there a, a bucking tradition is good when tradition uh, embracing tradition is at odds with following Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's an obvious when there's an obvious conflict between the two, always choose following Jesus over tradition. Yeah. And then, and then I think there's room for areas of wisdom where you recognize um, old and new wineskins and say like, okay, is this tradition sufficient to um, allow you know, us to do whatever, whatever good work that Christ has called us to? Um, or you know, is it something we should re-examine? And, and, and that's not like as clear-cut 
um, more of a like a question of wisdom mm. and and saying yeah we may need to lay this aside but we're not going to do it quickly and hastily mm. and if someone has doubts about it we're not going to say repent sinner um, yeah that's because good. yeah it's it's not always as clear cut yeah well you know Jesus himself opposed tradition mm-hmm. um, and, and I think I think much of our impulse or uh, disdain for tradition I think comes you know it's probably rooted in in seeing Jesus, the, the ways in which he um, decried the traditions of men that, you know, conflicted with, with showing mercy, for instance. So I, I think that, like, if, if anything, we can say that there are good reasons to reject tradition because we see that Jesus rejects tradition yeah. on occasion. Not tradition as a category, mm-hmm. but when tradition is at odds with having a, a heart after God and having um, a, a disposition towards love of neighbor. Mm-hmm. What would be some bad reasons for rejecting tradition? I think uh, blind rebellion. Uh, again, you know, earlier I spoke about emotional maturity and you know the ability to, to comprehend what's going on underneath the surface with the the traditions that we practice. Um, I think most people experience a time in life when they're trying to establish an identity for themselves. You know, as you mentioned earlier, and uh, part of that experience is determining how their parents or their extended families or their communities' identities will or won't shape theirs so in some cases uh if a person you know for good bad or indifferent reasons finds themselves at odds with those different groups they may just come to reject uh, everything associated with those groups and uh, that just generally seems like foolish rebellion and not not really like a wise reasoned Understanding of what the tradition is mm. and, and whether or not uh, it's something that should be held on to or something mm-hmm. that, that should be rejected. Mm. That's good. Now, um, we'd also say that there's good and bad reasons for embracing tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be some bad reasons for embracing tradition? Um, bad reasons for embracing uh, tradition, I think fear of man. Uh, if, you know, like we said before, we see a place where we're called to follow Christ, and it's in clear contradiction to His commands. Uh, but we, you know, still have a relationship with our our parents or our community that uh, makes us scared of the consequences of breaking with them. Then that will tend to hold us and in, into to following after those traditions. And then, um, and maybe another reason might be just sort of laziness. Mm. Um, regarding the substance substance behind the traditions, mm. I, I think embracing the tradition and not coming to understand what the tradition actually means, and you know, when I'm talking about this, you know, a couple instances come to mind of of maybe the folks who only go to church at Christmas and Easter, mm. um, but they don't recognize what the assembly of believers mm. really is. So there's a tradition there; they're following it. You go to church at Christmas. You go to church at Easter. Um, but they've not recognized what the church is and they're not a part of the church uh, for just coming on those days of the year. So. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. What about good reasons for embracing tradition? Yeah, well, we're called to honor our parents. Um, I think that entails a general disposition of honor and respect towards other elders and authorities and extended family. Uh, following traditions is one means of embracing the people who've given those traditions to us and honoring them. And then 
Uh, the traditions may contain um, important instruction or wisdom for us. Mm. And um, we may find that um, by participating in the traditions, our character is being shaped and formed, uh, made more like the image of Jesus Christ, and find that there's that value to be gained from, from participating in those traditions. Yeah, you know, it, that's really helpful. I think of the example, I think we talked about this. Um, there's like a, a village in Japan where there is, there is ancient, it's like ancient signage that's placed on a beach yeah. on the coast. And it says like, you know, whatever you do, don't build past this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's who knows how old. Uh, but frequently developers will come in and they'll try and build something past the point of this sign. Mm-hmm. And, you know, given certain times of the years and changes in weather, the, the way that the beach shifts and changes and the way that the tide comes in ultimately destroys those structures right. beyond the sign. And so there's kind of a, an arrogance or a, a youthful immaturity that <laughs> or some kind of hubris that like pushes us. Yeah, too quick to dismiss and assume yeah. that that the generation who came before them were superstitious or, or held mm. practices that weren't rooted in any sort of wise understanding of the world around them. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's sadly the attitude a lot of people bring to... Um, <laughs> yeah, sadly that's the attitude a lot of folks... Uh, bring to most things that their parents try to present to them or their mm. grandparents or so on. Mm. That's good. So summarize and maybe kind of put a bow on all of this. I think we'd say something like um, tradition is because humans are creatures of habit. Um, traditions are useful in that they are a testimony to the wisdom of the ages that preceded us. And they're not, they're not binding on us necessarily. They aren't things that we have to do necessarily, but they are a useful way to train us in Christ-likeness, to orient our hearts towards God. Mm-hmm. And if they are ever, um, if they ever work against those two ends, then we have good reasoning to reject those traditions. Yeah. Was there anything else you'd add to that? No, I, I think that sums it up. Uh, I wish there were more clear traditions, like I. Like I said, the liturgical calendar is nice. I mean, it it's a constant teaching tool for mm. you know bringing us back to what are the events of Christ's life and death and resurrection and the church and um, you know in responding to that and uh, you know that that's a good example. Um, I it's wish kind I... to me, it's kind of like a macro spiritual discipline, mm-hmm. the church calendar. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, and, you know, we, we, our church has some traditions. We, 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 for instance, use the confession and assurance almost every Sunday. And to us, that's not something that we have to do. Mm-hmm. But we see that in other traditions, um, uh, you know, other denominations and things, they've seen wisdom in regularly rehearsing the gospel story. That I'm fallen, I'm in need of grace. Mm-hmm. Here's the grace that's assured to us in Christ. So we, we say, like, we see how that there is wisdom and regularly each week doing that sort of thing, confessing yeah. and being reminded of the, the gospel assurance we have in Christ. And so we are in favor of tradition yeah. as a church. So excellent. So uh, this has been a really helpful, encouraging episode for me. I hope it has been for you. We appreciate you listening. Uh, next time you see Jim, give him a big bear hug and tell him thanks for always being so willing to hop <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and rate us, and we will talk with you next time.